Great to have you here to be able to speak in person and all of the people who are joining us as well virtually. I feel like Pentecost this year, obviously it feels a little different. Um, and I think maybe this year, maybe it's clearer than others that Pentecost is like a mirror that reflects back to us some things about ourselves and the world we live in and what we're called to do as people of faith. And so there are some connections I want to draw between Pentecost and and kind of what everybody's going through. The first and obvious one, and I've made this throughout the Easter season in my Easter letter and so on, which is that it was on this Pentecost that the sort of lockdown of the apostles ended. They were sort of self-quarantined and isolated. They were living still in fear because they feared proclaiming the resurrected uh, proclamation of Jesus uh, would get them into some trouble with the authorities. So they had kind of locked in, locked themselves in their room. And it was only the descent of the Holy Spirit, that rushing wind and the flames of fire at that first Pentecost that gave them the courage to go out and to take on the world. And of course, today we navigate all of those same emotions as we not just with masks, but with so, so many other areas of life, are trying to navigate uh, that difficult balance of fear and anxiety and yet excitement and enthusiasm about going forth with our lives. It's also worth pointing out that Pentecost is a Jewish feast first. Okay, So the early Christians, with the descent of the Holy Spirit, sort of baptized the Jewish feast. But the Jewish feast is called Shavuot. And if you have any Jewish friends, they would have been celebrating this the last couple days. And it's celebrated seven weeks after Passover. And originally, if you read in Leviticus or the book of Deuteronomy, Shavuot was a harvest festival. Seven weeks after the Passover, in late spring, early summer, you give God the the top of the crop. Okay, you give God what we call the first fruits, the best, the top. In other words, you never give God leftovers, ever. Okay, that was the, the sort of biblical notion of the first fruits. You never give God leftovers. You give God the top. Okay? Now, personally, I love leftovers. They're one of my favorite things in all the world. But you don't give God leftovers. And so this feast for the Jews was a, a way of saying it was a harvest festival. Seven weeks, 50 days after Passover. Pentecost is, the, is the, the Greek word for 50. And then that was sort of baptized with the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit became the gift of, of, of first fruits, giving God the best. The Holy Spirit working within us to give and to give generously. And I was thinking about how Beautiful that notion is for us today, just in our spiritual lives in general. It's really easy for us to give leftovers to God and to others. Okay, we, we satisfy everything I need first, and then we give others and God what's, what's left. The call, of course, for us is to give God and others first priority, and our, the needs of our ego last. And think of how many heroic stories we all know of in the last seven weeks of people doing that, of putting aside the conveniences and sacrifices and normalcy and dreams of their own life and, and putting it all 
exhaustively at the service of others, giving God and neighbor the first fruits, the best of the crop. And that's our call uh, as Christians. The second thing to mention is maybe a reflection on the Holy Spirit's gift of courage. Okay. So one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit you learned for confirmation uh, is courage. And Aristotle famously defined virtue, all the virtues, as the middle between two extremes. And he defined courage as the middle between rashness and recklessness on the one hand and temerity and fear on the other. I preached about this earlier in the Easter season. That courage is in between rashness and recklessness on one side and temerity and fear on the other. And it's precisely that because it's guided by right reason, Aristotle thought. That it's reason that informs whether we're willing to take on a threat. Whether we're willing to overcome a certain fear that we have. And so to throw in two other gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom and knowledge, two other gifts of the Spirit, Right? It's the Holy Spirit's role in our hearts to aid what we already have in helping us to discern, based on wisdom and knowledge, what risks we are willing to take on. Right? And this is, of course, the process we're all going through. Many people this weekend have decided that church is not yet right the risks that they're willing to take on. They're, they're not willing to conjure up courage yet because they still deem the fear to be beyond the scope of that, right? Others such as you have determined that not to be the case. And we're all making those decisions all the time. But we ask for a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit that He would give us insight with wisdom and knowledge to be able to make courageous decisions, to not live in excessive fear when excessive fear isn't warranted, but at the same time to be upfront with the nature of the threats and the risks that are before us. The final reflection um, is my bulletin article this week. And there's a church hymn. It's not very famous. uh, But it ends with this line. Lord, defeat our Babel with your Pentecost. Lord, defeat our Babel with your Pentecost. And if you don't know the reference, Babel was the tower that was built in Genesis chapter 11. So you may want to go back after Mass today, read Genesis chapter 11, But I'll give you a summary. The early humans were feeling a little cocky about themselves, feeling real good about themselves, and I think they decided that they could get to heaven without God. And so they come together, they're all speaking the same language, they're all unified, and they say, you know what? We can build a tower so high into the sky that it'll reach the heavens. And I think in the in the language of Genesis, what they really mean to say is that we can get to heaven without God. We can get to heaven with our own human ingenuity, our own human effort, our own human skill. We can reach the top of the sky. We can build this tower so high that it will reach heaven without God, without reliance on God. So God gets a little upset and He comes down and He confuses the language. We're told in Genesis, He confuses the one language and because they are all now speaking different languages, the project falls apart. And then all of the people scatters and they form different cultures and different languages from that scattering. I think a more likely reading of the text is that God just oversees the falling apart. He doesn't, in fact, confuse the language. He just watches as human beings try to get to heaven without Him. And they fall apart. 
they, they're trying to build this tower and they immediately are disagreeing and falling into bickering and division about how to build the tower and how high to build it and what it looks like. And they're all falling apart. And so some, some people say, we got to come over here and start our own tower. We're going to form our own language to not speak like them. And God oversees the breaking up and the dividing and the fragmenting of this one people. But notice how at Pentecost, that's all undone. Defeat our Babel. It's called Babel, of course, because God confuses their language. That's where our term Babel comes from. Somebody that babbles on and on, you can't understand what the heck they're saying. Right? It comes from Genesis chapter 11. Defeat our Babel with your Pentecost. In other words, notice that miracle that happens at Pentecost that we heard in our first reading. The apostles are speaking the language they know, but everyone else from all over the world, all those places that Dave Combs did a great job of reading in our first reading. Difficult names. All of those places, they're all hearing them in one language. See how it's the opposite. It's the remedy. It's the counteraction to Babel. Babel's the confusion spreading of language in peoples. The Holy Spirit at Pentecost brings all languages and peoples together. Defeat our Babel with your Pentecost. And so we realize that the Spirit is a spirit of unity, a spirit of reconciliation, a spirit of forgiveness. We see in our second reading with St. Paul, the Spirit's role is joining the diverse members of the body into one, into unity. And we hear in our Gospel that where the Spirit is, there is forgiveness of sins. And so, as we, of course, this message of unity and harmony, right, is always needs an audience, but I, I feel like right now it really needs an audience, right? As we deal with tribalism, as we deal with the politicization of a pandemic, as we deal with racial division and injustice in our own city and throughout the country, the Holy Spirit comes to bring unity. So where we want to sow discord, Lord, defeat our Babel with your Pentecost. Where we want to sow excessive fear, Lord, defeat your Babel with our Pentecost. Lord, where we want to sow holding on to grudges, defeat our Babel with your Pentecost. Bring about the reconciliation and the forgiveness and the unity uh, that the Holy Spirit brings. So as we gather on this Pentecost in the midst of so many difficult things in our own hearts and in our own worlds, Let's pray for a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit within us so that we might be more open to the work of the Holy Spirit, right? which always tends toward peace, which always tends toward unity and reconciliation and forgiveness. It's a difficult challenge, but it's the one that the Holy Spirit came to give us so that we might give God the top priority, the first fruits, the best of the crop, to God and to our neighbor and not what's left over so that we might understand the true nature of authentic courage and that we might build lives and communities of reconciliation and not division. So we pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth.